Let's go ahead and get started this morning by praying Psalm 90, which is on page 816 of your hymn. Page 816, Psalm 90. Let's pray this responsively. Y'all respond with the portions that are in bold. Psalm 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. You turn men back to dust, saying, Return to dust, O sons of men. You sweep men away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. All our days pass away under your wrath. The length of our days is 70 years, or 80, if we have the strength. Yet their span is but troubles and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? For your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, O Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Heavenly Father, we offer ourselves to you this morning through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Indeed, Father, we pray that you would Teach us to number our days that we might have a heart of wisdom before you. We pray even as we consider um, the work of our church in the past year and in the year to come um, that you, Father, would establish the work of our hands. We acknowledge our frailty and our dependence upon you and ask for your mercy and your grace to sustain us always. We pray this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. All right, friends, it's good to see all of you this morning. I've got a couple handouts to pass out. Um, let's see, Ben and um, Patrick, will you guys help me with this? So everybody gets one of each. I don't know if you want to take one and you want to take one. Maybe it's the best way to handle it. Everybody gets one of each of those, and y'all can put whatever um, extras are left uh, just in piles in the sound booth, that'd be great. All right, I think we're pretty well distributed at this point. Um, so the purpose of our time together um, is just to um, discuss and think about together um, what the Lord's been up to in the life of our church um, for the past year or so, and 
um, what he might have for us in the year to come. Um, this is a, an annual thing we try to do. Um, typically, we do it um, in the context of a fellowship meal. We chose not to do that this year because of the, the rise of um, the recent variant that's been so contagious um, and thought it might be best not to do that. Uh, but in some ways, this is nice because I have a lot more time in this format than I do typically in a fellowship meal where everybody's kind of eating and uh, kids are running around, that kind of thing. So, um, so there's plenty of time. Should we plenty of time for questions and comments or thoughts if you guys want to offer any um, as we go? And we certainly would welcome that dialogue as we um, talk about um, different things in the life of our church. Um, I want to start this morning just by saying my gratitude um, for our congregation, uh, my gratitude for um, the call that I have to serve you as pastor um, of this church, senior pastor of this church. Um, I came here in 2014, um, seven and a half years ago, which seems like a really long time at this point. Um, it's difficult to imagine. I saw a photo recently of one of my children um, from that first fall um, that we were here, and it's just remarkable, right, how much uh, time has passed, and our children have grown, and we've grown um, in our family, and Amy and I in our marriage, and myself. I was uh, 34 when I came here. I'm now uh, 41. Um, and so just even a different decade of my life at this point um, that I'm in. So I'm just grateful. I'm grateful um, uh, for our church. I'm grateful for who we are. Um, I'm thankful um, for all that the Lord has given us. Um, we are not, um, you know, the, the most, you know, impressive church in the area. Uh, we're not flashy in a lot of ways. Um, and I am totally fine with that. Just want you guys to know that that I am grateful for who we are as a congregation, um, for the particular gifts the Lord has given to us, um, not because, you know, somehow we're better than those other churches or something, but just because this is who we are. This is who the Lord's made us to be. Um, uh, we're a small congregation. I think we're a faithful congregation. I think we know who we are, um, and we're okay with that. We're comfortable with it. And it is a great blessing for me to serve um, as um, one of your pastors, um, to lead you um, to be in this role. I'm very, very grateful for it. Um, I, I, yeah, really, it's difficult for me to imagine a place where I would be more content um, as a pastor than I am here. So I want you to, want you to know that um, and just my gratitude um, for, uh, for this place. So as I thought about some of those things, I just kind of listed out some of the things I'm really grateful for in our church. I wanted to start there. I'm, I'm grateful for the stability that I think our church has, um, uh, the, the leadership of the church, um, the staff of the church, the officers, um, even the makeup of the church. We have a lot of people that have been here for a long time, um, and we have others who have come and have, in the, even since I've been here, and have joined in, and there's just been this, I think, real stability um, to our congregation. If you had come to a worship service here 20 years ago, or 25 years ago, um, or 30 years ago, um, or 35 or 40 years ago. Um, certainly some things would be different, um, but not fundamentally. Uh, basically, it'd be the same. We'd be singing hymns, we'd be praying, we'd be hearing a sermon um, coming out of God's Word, we'd be celebrating the Lord's Supper, um, and it would be very similar. And I think there's something that's really good about that, um, about a church that is not seeking to reinvent itself every three to five years or something um, to kind of keep up with whatever experts or, you know, gotta love experts, right? Um, 
whatever experts are saying um, is you know the thing that you should do be doing now to sort of reach your community or or whatever it is i'm i'm grateful for that um, i'm thankful for the stability the lord has given us we're coming up uh, soon on a 50-year um, anniversary of our church's existence um, and that's a remarkable thing uh, we're one of the oldest churches i think the second oldest church in our presbytery um, we are um, the, one of the oldest churches in Colleyville, um, generally. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot here um, in the early mid-70s um, when, we, when we showed up. And um, the Lord has been faithful, um, even as the community has changed around us, even as, um, you know, lots of other churches have come around. Um, we're largely the same church that we were um, almost 50 years ago, and I'm grateful for that stability. I'm grateful for our faithfulness. I think that's one of the things that you could really mark uh, for our church, that we, um, we do what we say we're gonna do. We follow through, we're here. Um, we're predictable in that way. And there's something that's really good, I think, about faithfulness and about predictability um, in the life of the church, especially. The church is meant to be an institution which is stable and faithful and doesn't change um, year to year uh, moment to moment. Um, there's something about that that's deeply attractive to me, um, that's important to me, and I think it's part of um, one of the gifts the Lord has given us. And one of the things I love about our church is the emphasis that we have on um, just the simple means of grace. Um, we believe that Christ offers himself to his people um, through word, um, through sacrament, and through prayer. And we believe that that is the purpose for our church's existence, is to minister Christ to his people. And um, so we don't think that we should try to do that really any other way, um, other than the means of grace that Christ has appointed, that his spirit um, has um, joined with us. And, and that's part of the reason why um, some of the flashiness that you might see or some of the innovation you might see at other um, churches isn't present here, because we want to just focus on those three things fundamentally. Um, and, and really all that we do, if you think about even the, the ministries of our church throughout the week that take place um, on Other's Day, uh, you know, of course all that starts and flows out of the Lord's Day service. Word, sacrament, and prayer are, are centrally featured in all that we do on Sunday morning. But even as you think about the life of our church throughout the week, all of those things are, are, are focused around the means of grace, around those, um, uh, you know, not sacraments obviously, but word and prayer um, all throughout the week. Um, are what we offer. That's what we do, um, because we believe that they really are efficacious, that they really are um, good for God's people, that God will use them um, to mature his saints. Um, I think something else our church offers in a wonderful way is the opportunity to be known and loved. Um, part of that's just a function of our size, um, that we're not overly large, um, that you, um, people will know your name, right? People will notice if you're not here, um, I'll notice if you're not here. Um, and there's something, I think, really profoundly good about that, um, to be part of a church where you can be known and loved. I, I can't, you know, force anyone to be known here. You know, some people, um, you know, press into that more than others, and that's fine. Um, but there is that opportunity here, that if you come faithfully, if you show up, um, if you, um, you know, introduce yourself to others, um, then you will be known, um, you will be recognized, you'll be, you'll be loved, you'll be cared for. Um, and that's something as a pastor that's very important to me. Um, uh, and this is part of why we don't, 
you know, I was saying this to someone this week, I can't remember the context of the conversation, but, um, you know, like, one of the reasons that we don't have, like, a million different programs that we're running is not just because of the means of grace stuff, but also because as a pastor, I want my life to be one where I am reading the word, teaching the word, preparing to preach the word, where I'm praying um, for you all um, and abiding with the Lord in that way and where I'm with people. And that's really my job and that's what I do. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, that's not true for every pastor. Um, not every pastor has that kind of freedom to just focus on those things. And I'm really grateful for that. And that gives me the opportunity to know and to love you. Um, I spend most of my week on the phone, um, communicating with people via text or email, um, sitting with people um, in my office or in their homes or over a meal at a restaurant. Um, and I'm just grateful for that privilege. It really is a privilege for me and it's what I want to be as a pastor. Um, and I'm grateful for that. And I think that it's just part of who our church is. And, and that community, that fellowship is available to you here. I think I can say that confidently um, as you lean into it, as you, as you um, make, uh, make avail yourself of it. And then finally, just I think this is a, a, a place, a, a stable, faithful place for you to grow in holiness and wisdom and love. And, and it's wonderful as a pastor um, over the last seven plus years now to have known so many of you through that period and to have seen the way in which the Lord has been faithful and to see the growth that has taken place in your lives and in your, your hearts and your relationship with the Lord and your marriages. Um, it's profoundly encouraging, I think. Um, and these, it, what we're talking about here really does matter. Um, people really do grow in our congregation if they stick around, if they show up, if they're a part of what we're doing. Um, and that's not, you know, there's no like formula for that. It's just the Spirit using the things that the Spirit promises to use to give us Jesus and help us to abide with Him. And I, I'm grateful um, to have that continuity with you all and to see that. And I really, I really want to say that, you know, if you're new, you should know that, that this is a place where people really do grow in Christ. It's not, you know, some sort of like highlight reel or something. It's just slow, almost imperceptible at times, but, you know, when you add up the years, you really start thinking about it, and people change. Um, people do become like Jesus, and it's great. I'm grateful for that. So there are some things I want to just say from the, from the get-go. Any comments or thoughts about any of that before we continue on? Yeah, Donovan. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful, and I wasn't even here when you showed up, which which I'm serious about. That's great. Like that 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 thing is not about me. It's about the church. It's about it's about the community and the the stability. Yeah, 
Right. I appreciate that. That's that's a great testimony, Don. I appreciate that encouragement. Um, so let me just do a little brief overview of the last couple of years, um, the journey we've been on. Um, if you remember back in March of 2020, um, we started hearing about this thing called the coronavirus in China and, um, you know, and then suddenly it was here and then suddenly um, we went from thinking, haha, that's interesting to, oh no, um, everything is changing. Um, so that happened for us as a church. Um, we suspended worship. I think I've got the dates right. I know it was seven Sundays. Um, I think it was March 22nd was the first Sunday we suspended worship through I know we came back on May 10th of 2020, um, so I think May 3rd. Are you raising your hand, Donna? Do you have a correction? Okay. Um, you keep me honest. Um, I know it was seven weeks um, because those were seven of the hardest weeks of my life, quite candidly. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I still, I just want you all to know this, like I still carry... Um, a not insubstantial burden from um, the decisions that we made to suspend worship. Um, I, I, and I'm not saying this to like castigate the session or, you know, whatever. We were all making those decisions together. Um, but I'm just saying just personally, um, I just wrestle with that still. And of course, now we know so much more than we did then about, um, about COVID and about all the things. Um, and, and I don't know that we would do the same thing again um, if we had known more. And I'm not saying necessarily made the wrong decision or, you know, any of those things. I'm just saying I wrestle with it. I still feel tension before the Lord. Um, and part of that's because I just feel so fundamentally what's central to our church's existence and, and the point of us being here and the point of my vocational calling, my ordination is to worship God publicly on the Lord's Day and to offer the means of grace to his people. And um, so I just want you to know that, that that continues to be a something I, I wrestle with um, in my heart and before the Lord. Um, so we came back on May 10th, which of course I think it's fair to say was earlier than a lot of other um, congregations, which is fine, but I think that indicates the importance for us of we wanted to be back as soon as we felt like we could. Um, and I'm thankful to report that since May 10th, we've not missed another Sunday. Um, God's been kind to us. Um, well, we did miss a Sunday with the snow. I shouldn't say that. Um, and the crazy ice storm thing that was, I'm, I try to not remember, um, in February of last year. Uh, generally, besides that one exception, um, we've, we've always had public worship since May 10th, 2020. I'm grateful for that. Um, and we did that in two services to start with, and then we added, a, you know, at, at, at uh, like 9 and 11.15, I think they were, or something like that. Um, and... Um, and we added a third service in the afternoon um, that, that Pastor Patrick led um, um, outdoors um, for people who were more comfortable in that environment. And I think the heart behind that, there was a lot of work for our staff, particularly for our officers um, as well, our deacons. Um, but the heart of that was to try to, we just wanted to worship. We wanted to do whatever we could to offer the means of grace to God's people. Um, even doing three services a Sunday. Um, and I'm grateful for that. I think it says a lot about our church and who we are. Um, and I'm very grateful for all those who uh, really carried that burden with me um, and with Patrick and, and, and the session and others um, during that time. Um, 
we were able to go back to one service on September 5th, and we did that for, you know, 15 months, 16 months, um, just about. Uh, we came back on September 5th of 2021 to one service, um, and I'm so grateful, so grateful. Um, I don't know how y'all feel about that decision. Um, it's one of the first things that I kind of helped lead us through when I got back from sabbatical, but I'm just glad that we did. Um, that's definitely where I am. Um, I think it was the right time, and it's been good for our church. Um, to be back in one service, it's such a big part of who we are, um, to worship together, um, to not be split up in the way that we were previously. And um, I think the Lord's been kind to us, um, and I'm grateful for his protection, and that's something we've prayed for, that the Lord would protect us, and he's done so, I think. Now, we restarted Sunday school in the beginning of October, and of course, one of the big things that took place this past summer was my sabbatical um, when my family and I were gone from May um, through August, basically. That's uh, about three and a half months, 14 weeks we were gone from the church. And um, that was originally scheduled for 2020. Um, it's in our bylaws, just so you know, in case you're new, um, that um, full-time pastors, um, after six years of consecutive service, receive a paid three-month sabbatical. Um, from their labors, um, and there's no study expectation or that you're going to produce something or whatever. Um, three months just to rest and to worship elsewhere and to be with your family, and and that's just because of the way in which pastoral ministry takes a substantial toll on a man and his family, and um, all the all the things you give up in terms of time um, with your kids and um, just the burdens of carrying other people's spiritual lives, the burdens of leading a church, um, all those things, uh, just to, to give time away from that to be uh, as a reward, but also as an opportunity to rest and be refreshed. And so that was something that was a big thing in the life of our church. And I'm so grateful for Patrick, for Donna, um, for the session, for the deacons, others who really helped carry us through this summer um, while I was away. It was such a remarkable gift. Um, and I'll say more about that in a second. So I wanted to read from my annual report a year ago to kind of just, last year we didn't hold an in-person meeting, I just sent a long um, letter. Um, and so I just want to read from that briefly, just to kind of, I think it's just good to think about what were we were talking about a year ago. So a year ago, I said this, I said, as many, as, you, as many of you know, I'm weary right now for a whole host of reasons. That was so true, man, I was so worn out. Um, a year ago. I really was. Um, I don't know how obvious that was, but I was. Um, it had been a very difficult season. Um, I think part of it was just, you know, I had never had a sabbatical. It got ordained in 2008, and it's about time it had been like 13 years. Um, had never been, a, you know, away from my work more than really one, maybe sun two Sundays in a row. Um, um, and so, and, and then just the, the year before that, I had led our presbytery through a very difficult thing. Um, we had confronted all the COVID stuff, just all the stuff, man. Um, so that's where I was. I said, I would deeply appreciate it if you would begin to pray even now that the Lord would use this year as a period of refreshment and renewal in my life that I might be able to serve the church even more faithfully in the years to come. I think the further I get into a life of ministry, the more I realize how completely dependent I am on God's grace, mercy, and renewing presence in order to be the servant of Jesus that I'm called to be. I need his grace in order to be renewed. Please pray for that renewal. 
As I look forward to 2021, my sense is that our primary calling as a church is to continue to be steadfast, especially in the areas of worship, prayer, and service. Here's what I mean. First, worship. My desire is for us to continue to be steadfast in our Lord's Day worship in 2021, both in person and at home. I have no doubt that this is our central to our calling as a church, not only because of the way in which the Lord serves us and molds us as we gather in his presence each week, but also because our worship is a faithful public witness to the death and resurrection of Jesus each Lord's Day. Each Sunday, we proclaim the good news of Jesus for all to hear, and as we proclaim that good news, those who need it hear it will come. Sunday worship is where everything begins and the source of all the good that flows out from our congregation. Let's continue to be steadfast in our worship. Um, Secondly, prayer. I've already spoken about how encouraged I am regarding how our church has grown in prayer in the past year. My sense is that the Lord will continue to call us to grow in our life of prayer together in the coming year, and I look forward to exploring um, creative avenues for us to continue to mature together in this fundamental Christian practice. I know that further blessing awaits us as we learn more and more what it means to pray. Service. This past year, the Lord has been teaching us in new ways what it means to serve one another, and I'm confident that will only continue. In the coming year, there'll be Lord's Day services to be supported, the sick to be ministered to, babies to be celebrated, the lonely to be visited, visitors and strangers to be welcomed into our homes, etc., etc. No matter what the next year brings, I'm certain for opportunities for service will abound. My hope is that all of us, as the Lord provides opportunity, will continue to embrace new forms of service to one another. And I'm confident we'll find in that service what it means to abide with Jesus and life and peace and joy, for he came not to be served, but to serve. Um, so a few reflections on that. Um, first, my own situation, because I started with that. Um, I am in a profoundly different place than I was a year ago. Um, I know that some of you took me seriously in this letter, and you prayed for me um, that the Lord would use this past year to renew and strengthen me and um, refresh me, and and God has done that. just want you to know that. Um, the Lord has been really kind to me this past year. Um, I started seeing a counselor um, in January of 2021 um, who was a life send, um, uh, really kind providence of the Lord um, to connect to me with this counselor. Um, I, um, I still see them um, somewhat, like every three weeks or so now maybe. Um, for a while it was weekly, um, really up until May when I went on sabbatical. And then we kind of took some a hiatus mostly during the summer and then came back in the fall with less frequently, maybe every couple of weeks. And, um, but it's just been really profoundly helpful for me to have um, a person I can trust, who I can be totally candid with, um, who I can sit on the other side of the table, so to speak. You know, like I'm used to be in, used, I'm used to being in the, the sort of counselor seat. Um, so it's a very different experience to be in the counselee position, and it's good for me. Um, I did a series of counseling eight years ago or so now um, when we were still in St. Louis, and that was profoundly helpful. And I would say that this counseling relationship has been also profoundly, profoundly helpful for me. Um, the Lord has been kind, and, um, and it's a discipline. It's a sacrifice. It's, you know, it costs money. It costs time. It's, it's, um, it's draining, right? Like, um, any of you that have done that kind of thing know what that's like. Um, but I just want to say it, it's been a really good thing for me, and I'm really grateful for it. And, um, and I think, yeah, just it's good for people who care for others, who carry the burdens of leadership, um, spiritual leadership particularly, to have that 
opportunity. I'm grateful for it. Um, this past summer was amazing. Um, I've sent you a long letter about that. I've talked about it in different formats, but just to say again, the Lord is just so good to my family. Uh, we were in Florida for five weeks. Um, we came back for a couple weeks. We were in Tennessee for four weeks. Um, and we didn't travel around. We just had like a house on the beach in Florida and then a house in the woods in Tennessee. And we just lived there. We didn't, that's just, we just picked up our family and went there. And um, I'm so glad we made the decision to um, get out of town and not be here. I'm so glad that we, that the church was helpful in that in terms of providing some funds for us and resources for us to do that. I'm really grateful for it. And it was just so good. It was so precious. Um, those were the best three months of my life. Um, I've, there's no question um, thus far. And they're, they were indescribably precious to me. Um, largely because of the time with my wife and my children um, that is so, was so unique and precious. And, um, and yeah, there's nothing I could have gotten from you all as a congregation that would be more meaningful to me than that, than that gift. Um, another thing that I started doing once I went on sabbatical was um, I started going to prayer during the week by myself. Um, I found a church here in Southlake um, that has daily services um, and I just started going and showing up. Um, it was Anglican Church. And um, then when we were in Florida, I found a couple other churches that also had week, you know, like during the week services. And so I went on Wednesday morning and on Saturday afternoon by myself to two churches in the little beach town where we went. And then on Sundays, of course, we went to church together. Um, and in Tennessee, we were so remote, I didn't have that opportunity. Um, but since we came back to Texas in, you know, I came off sabbatical, I've kept going um, to, to church during the week, um, to prayer service. And I want you guys to know that. I think it's important for you to know that's been a really profoundly good practice for me. I go, um, I've done this now for consistently for four, well, since May. So I go on Tuesday and Thursday um, and pray. Um, it's a small little group, of course, you can imagine, um, daily services. Um, I've gotten to know the, the priests there at that church. I'm really thankful for them. They're really faithful, orthodox men. Um, they've become friends. And I pray for you all. I go on Tuesday and I pray for you all. Um, I pray for myself, for my family. I go on Thursday. I pray for you all. I pray for myself, for my family. And I receive, you know, they always have scripture readings, a little homily. I mean, it's just like a little church service, you know. Um, it's like 30 minutes, but it's so good for me, and I'm really grateful for it. To hear someone else preach, to hear the word, to pray, um, God is kind, has been really kind to me in that practice. Um, it's been very renewing, renewing for me. I just want you to know that, that I, I mean, you know, it's not like the last six months or whatever it's been since I've come back from sabbatical have been like without challenges, because they haven't been. There are a lot of challenges. Uh, Y'all know that, right? Like, there's been a lot of pastoral stuff the last five or six months um, since I've been back. Um, and you guys know it because it's you I'm talking about. Uh, you've been carrying things. And, um, but God has been kind to give me what I need to show up in those places and to be faithful. And, um, and I'm grateful for that. Very grateful. So continue to pray for me and that renewal and that strength and all those things. And then just reflect on worship, prayer, and service, these three emphases I had for 2021. Man, I just want to say I'm proud of us. Like, like we've done these things. 
And I'm so glad. I'm so grateful. Um, we have worshipped faithfully. Um, like we carried that ball, you know? And for eight months, we carried it in two or three services, continued to do it until we came back to one this past September. Um, and that required work and sacrifice and labor and faithfulness week after week. And we did it because we, we believed it mattered, and it did matter. Um, and I just, I just want us to say that. Like, this is, the Lord is kind, and we, you know, probably won't ever take in the same way for granted again, just having church on Sunday, you know? And um, what an important thing that is, and I'm grateful for it. And prayer, um, this is one of the, you know, things that God has really given our church through COVID. Um, before COVID, we had a, 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 a one-day-a-week weekly prayer meeting in the morning, um, and it's been something I've been wanting to do for a long time, and we had done it at times before, and then having Patrick um, and Rachel join us a couple years ago really kind of helped with the, you know, critical mass um, in terms of doing that, um, and then COVID happened, and we just started doing it like four days a week, um, and we went back to three, and we started Ladies Bible Study again that fall, and we've carried it on three days a week. We do morning prayer. Uh, Tuesdays, it's on Zoom um, at nine. Wednesdays and Fridays, it's here in the sanctuary since last September, since September 2021. It's been here on Wednesdays and Fridays at nine. And man, it's been so good. Like, I just want y'all to know that. Um, and I'm deeply convinced that it's had a profound effect on our church, that it, even though I know that it's a small group and, and many of you have never been, and that's fine. Like, what we do in those prayer meetings really matters. Um, we have prayed so regularly for all the things, all the things. Like, I don't doubt that every person in this room has been prayed for. Um, and God has heard our prayers, you know? Like, he has been faithful. Um, and it, it has really created a, f a flavor even for the ministry, I think, that Patrick and I do. Um, and just the ministry of our church in general, that we're just praying together very regularly by name for the members of our church. And um, I just want you to know that. I want you to know that I'm proud of that work that we do. Um, and I would love for you to come and join us. I know the time, I mean, you can't pick a time that works right for everybody. Um, so you just pick a time. So it's nine on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I know that many of you can't come but if you're ever able to come, like even just like, you know, once every three months, just show up and just see what we're doing. Um, we have a liturgy, we go through it, um, and then we have a long time of just more extemporaneous prayer, um, sharing prayer requests and needs. So, you know, we do the readings for the day. We, I mean, it's just, it's very simple um, and it's very good. I want you to know that. And I think the people that have been able to be a part of it um, these last almost two years now that we've done this three or four days a week, um, I think they would agree with me. I mean, y'all been changed, right? Amy's been changed, Donna, others. I mean, it changes you. It does. Um, and I'm grateful for it. Service. Man, I just, again, just want to say how proud I am of our church. Like, people have been through a lot the last couple of years. Um, we have had two house fires in our little church like total loss house fires, you know, in the last couple of years. Um, you know, Lord, protect us from that, right? <laughs> Again, anytime soon. I think we've had enough. Um, 
you know, the, the, all of the things that happened last February and people suffered loss to their homes, um, all the things, uh, the sickness, you know, the health stuff. Um, uh, there's been a lot the last two years. Um, people carrying, you know, challenging things, grief, um, difficulties in their marriage, whatever it might be. And I just want you to know that I've really seen our congregation serve one another uh, profoundly um, in ways that are faithful, um, ways that, you know, like one of the advantages of being a pastor is you just, you just know stuff. And so you see things that other people don't see. And I see it, you know, I see y'all um, serving, showing up with a meal, praying for one another, um, communicating with each other, um, visiting one another. Um, and that, it's profoundly beautiful to see that, um, to see the Christian life lived out. Because that is, that's just so we're clear, like, worship, prayer, and service, like that's the Christian life, you know. Um, and I see y'all doing it, and I'm grateful for it. it. It's not, you know, nobody's gonna like write a cover story for whatever, the New York Times or whatever for us about what we're doing here. But it matters, it's profound, it's good. And um, just want you to know how grateful I am. And I'm grateful, as I say here, um, particularly for our staff, um, who worked so hard and so faithfully um, for Patrick, um, for Donna, um, for Naomi, um, for Linda, for Rachel, um, and their faithfulness. Um, it's, it's been good um, just to see that and to see that the opportunities we've had for service. I'm grateful for our officers. Our session is so, is just really healthy. Uh, and I'm grateful for Ben and Lauren and Mike um, and the way that we lead together, and with Patrick as well, of course. Um, there's great unity. There's a lot of trust between us. Um, you don't have a session that is going to make snap, rash decisions. You have men that are going to be wise. And we do a lot of shepherding, and a lot of that's hidden. But we spend a lot of time just in our meetings having people come and meet with us and praying for them and listening to them. You know, we're not just doing business. We're doing shepherding, and I'm really grateful for that. And for those guys, I'm grateful for our deacons, um, for y'all's faithfulness, um, and all the things that go into the church service happening every Sunday, um, making sure things are the way they need to be, um, just your faithfulness. It's, you can't take a Sunday off. I get it, right? Believe me, I get it. Um, and I'm grateful for y'all. Um, and I'm thankful for all the work that you do behind the scenes, too, ministering um, the love of Christ to those in need. Um, there's a lot that our deacons do, and I'm grateful for y'all. And I'm thankful just for the members, for your faithfulness in worship, your faithfulness in service, your faithfulness to love one another. Um, it's a great gift. So looking ahead to 2022, um, like, let's do it again. That's my plan. Like, that's what I got. Let's do it again. Um, let's see what the Lord has for us, and let's keep going. Um. So a couple quotes here. I just want to, I just want to read um, first from Peter Lightheart. He says, and this is really important for me in terms of my quote-unquote vision for our church. Um, the church's mission is, in the first instance, simply to be what the Lord says she is: the family of the Father and the body of Christ, the temple of the Spirit. The church's vocation is to be a communion of disciples. That's what our vocation is: just to be. 
each dwelling in each as they dwell together in the God who dwells in them. The church's vocation is to proclaim the gospel, teach the commandments of Jesus, baptize converts and their children, break bread, encourage and correct. And then he goes on, he says, mission starts with liturgy. Liturgy is the time and the place where the church gathers as the city council, the ecclesia of God, the called out ones of God, an assembly of the heavenly city as the real men and women and children with real bodies and souls gather for worship and disperse from worship, heavenly life comes to earth. Having tasted the good things of the age to come, the church goes out to share those goods in the marketplace. The sanctuary, the place of worship and communion with God is the center of the world. Friends, this is exactly right. What we do on Sunday mornings is the center of the world. Um, it alters the universe, what we do. Um, your neighbors, even if they don't ever come to join us on Sunday mornings, need you to go to church. Because the prayers we offer, the praise that we offer, the communion with God that we share is for everyone. You do it on behalf of even your, your, your neighbors that don't care about Jesus. Like you're going to church is an act of love to them. I want you to know that. Um, and I just want to say this is, this is the philosophy of ministry of our church, that what we do on Sunday mornings is fundamental to who we are. And it's the source and foundation of everything. Um, so I just want to reiterate that and say that. Um, a couple, I've been reflecting on 1 Thessalonians, some profoundly interesting pastoral letter, I think, from Paul. Um, he says, now concerning, like, remember, church is really small at this time in history. Lots of problems in the world. Um, lots of enemies of the gospel. Not a lot of power. Um, or wealth in the church. This is Paul's vision for how to change the world. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you're doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more. So that's step one, right? Love one another to change the world. And to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent upon no one. Uh, friends, aspire to live quietly like that. I remember talking about that when I got here um, in 2014, that first fall, and I, I, I got some negative feedback on that from some folks um, that aren't with us anymore. Um, but I'll stand by it, friends. Like, this is to aspire to live quietly, to work with our hands, to love one another. Like this is how the world changes. It really is um, because the spirit does the work. Um, and I, I just wanna say that like that, I aspire to simple things for our church, quiet things. Um, and I trust that the Lord will use that. Uh, Paul goes on to say, be at peace among yourselves he fleshes this out some. What does this mean? And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all, see that no one repays anyone for evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil, and now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. 
he will surely do it. That's what it means to live quietly, to love one another. Paul fleshes it out there. It's simple stuff. Um, so that's my vision for the year to come, to continue in all these things and trust that the Lord will bless our labors. Um, I want to make a few comments before we run out of time. On your other sheet, you have a, a chart that our church office put together um, that shows our average attendance since 2014. You can see a pretty steady growth um, and then uh, a decline um, and then kind of a growth again. And of course, the decline there that you see is uh, March 2020. Um, and then the increase that you see is coming back this past year um, and seeing more people come back, all those kinds of things. Um, so I just want to say a couple things quickly here. Um, so we're a smaller church than we were two years ago at this time. Um, we were at about 150 average attendance on Sundays then. We're about 120 now. And we're a different church. Um, many of you are new um, since 2020. Um, and we have experienced in our congregation the same kind of quote-unquote reshuffling um, that has happened elsewhere in society. I think many churches have experienced this. It's certainly not unique to us. Uh, many folks have reevaluated um, a lot of things the last two years. Some people have reevaluated their relationship with Jesus, just fundamentally. Um, others have reevaluated their relationships to particular churches, and we have not been immune from that. So I just want to be honest about that. Um, we have certainly experienced this. We have not, I want you to know that the people that have left our church have not left for any, there's no faction, there's no unified leaving that's taken place. There's no, even I would say there's no one who's frustrated or angry with me or with the session. Um, um, it's not been that at all. It's been just people have reevaluated things and some folks have chosen to to move to other churches. Um, or, you know, some folks haven't really returned to church. Um, and so I just want to be candid with you about that. And of course, that's challenging for me. I love people really deeply, and so it's hard. Um, but I'm also trusting the Lord with it. It's not, it's hard, but it's not like crushing, you know. It's hard, but it's not crushing. Um, but the Lord is faithful. Um, God is, you know, I mean, just heard from Donovan, y'all coming here, and others that have joined us um, the last couple years. Um, I'm grateful for the new folks the Lord is bringing us, his faithfulness in that. Um, and I don't have any, like, I think we're going to continue to grow. I mean, that's my hope, is that we're going to continue to grow. It's something I'm praying for right now, um, for the Lord to bring us new families in 2022, and I would encourage you to join us in that. We pray for it here in the church um, during weekly morning prayer. And let's just, let's pray for that. Let's pray that the Lord will, will draw new folks um, to our communion. Uh, not for the sake of growth, for growth's sake, but because I think we just want people to join in because we want, we think what we're doing is important and it matters. Um, so that's, that's a word about the attendance. Um, our fiscal information, um, and I, we don't just sort of distribute um, line item budgets, but if you are, especially if you're a member of the congregation, you really want to know what our budget is, I'm happy to share that with you. It's not some kind of like secret information or something. We just don't give it all out for everybody because it includes, you know, you're going to find out how much money I make and how much money other staff members make, that kind of thing. But if you're a member, 
you're certainly privileged to have that information and I'm welcome to share it with you. Email me, I'll get you a copy. Um, but just some big picture things in terms of um, the, 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 the church in general. Um, in 2021, um, we had overall giving of 386, 386,000, which if you look on the back side of your attendance chart, you have a financial chart, so you can see our giving for the past 15 years or so. And you can see, it's interesting, we have not seen the same, you know, drop-off that we saw in attendance in terms of, you know, our giving has remained stable the past two years. And actually this past year was our highest giving year, at least since 20, uh, 2006, maybe the history of the church. Um, and that's wonderful. And I think that speaks to y'all's generosity, obviously. Um, thank you for entrusting your treasure um, to our congregation and to our session and, and for us to, to use for the ministry of the church. Um, I, I see that. I'm grateful for it. And um, the Lord is using it to sustain the ministry of this congregation. So that's something that we all do together. I'm right there with you in it in terms of giving sacrificially um, to support um, the ministry of our church. Um, our overall expenses in 2021 were 397000 a little under what we'd budgeted at 403. And we do a really, I think we run a pretty tight ship budget-wise. Um, we're never, you know, exceeding our budgeted numbers by any substantial percentage. We're often under budget in terms of expenses, and I think that's healthy. Um, we did have $62,000 worth of giving in December, which was really profoundly um, encouraging. And um, thank you for... Um, those of you that were able to contribute to that particularly, um, I'm grateful. And that really helped us close the year in a solid fiscal position. Um, our current financial status, we have $120,000 um, just in uh, just cash, basically. Um, um, as reserves, we have another $10,000 in the Deacons Fund. We have about $250,000 in other funds that the church has access to um, that can also be used for um, you know, things that we need as a church. So we, we've got a lot of financial security. We don't have any debt. Um, and so that's real, I'm really grateful for that. We're in very good position financially as a church to have that much in cash reserves and also to have no debt at all and to own property. Um, our 2022 budget total is going to be 420. And that's about a 4% increase over 2021. Um, so we're hoping that the Lord will continue to send us new families, um, that the Lord will continue to provide for each of us as families so that we can all support the work of the church as we're able and as we're called to do. And we trust that the Lord is going to continue to provide for us, um, to continue to give us good things um, as a church. So budget changes, um, we increased, um, not enormously, but, you know, a, a modest increase um, um, to our outside givings, our missionaries, our church plants, all those things. Um, you know, you all have read the stories about inflation, you know, um, its impact. Um, so we wanted to be able to increase our giving to our missionaries and our church plants and all the things that we support outside of our church. Um, we had a, a modest increase um, for our staff. Um, we also, in terms of salaries, um, to try to mitigate some of the impact of inflation, basically, on people's budgets and, and spending and expenses. Um, we were also able to increase, this was a, a more substantial change that we were able to make, increased um, our office manager's hours, Donna Cornell's hours, from 20 hours a week to 25 hours a week. 
um, that reflects the work that she does um, and I'm grateful for that. I think that the work Donna does a lot for our church. It's pretty remarkable um, how much she accomplishes um, and I'm thankful that we can give her a little more time to do the things that she needs to do each week. So that's a change um, budget-wise. And we also added a line item back into the budget this year of $2,500 so that we could send Patrick and myself to General Assembly, which is in Birmingham in June. Um, We did not go to General Assembly last year because of my sabbatical, so we wanted, the session wanted to get that back in there. So just want you to know that, that's part of it as well. Um, And Patrick and I are both planning on on going, Lord willing. Um, So 10% of our budget, $42,000 is directed to um, foreign and domestic mission works. Um, that's, you know, we're not bound by a tenth, but we think it's a good practice as a session to give 10% of the money that we receive away um, to other Christian works, other missionaries, church planning things outside of our church. You can see our partners there, um, Grace, Human Coalition, ACT, North Texas Presbytery, Southwest Church Planning Network, which is our single largest beneficiary of our funds that funds church plants throughout the Southwest through the PCA. Uh, in our presbytery and others. Um, Wes and Jamie Baker in Peru, Eric and Allison Pyle, Bradford and Christina Green, RUF at TCU, Justin Catherine Smith, RUF at UNT, Graham and Sarah Purcell who are in Russia, John and Ellen Berger in Bulgaria, and Doug and Masha Shepherd in Ukraine. Um, so I want you to know that, that every you know, dollar that you send, you give an offering or ties an offering, you know, 10 cents of it goes out um, to the spread of the kingdom in the world um, outside of this place. So it's important for you to know that. And then most of our budget is staff. I mean, we don't have a lot of like other things going on here. Like we have invested in people and I think that's really, that's what the church should be doing. Um, So about $305,000, 73% of our budget is directed um, to church staff expenses. For me, for Patrick, for Donna, for Naomi, for Rachel, for Linda, and we also have a third-party accountant that we contract with um, who does our books um, for us. Um, so that's, that's where your money goes. Um, uh, and then we spend about 17% on uh, ministry expenses, you know, communion bread, coffee, whatever, um, those kinds of nursery worker that we have, um, those kinds of things and building expenses, um, you know, just keeping the lights on, keeping, keeping the air conditioners running, that kind of thing. So that's where your money goes. Um, any questions about any of that before we wrap up here? I'm happy to talk later with any of you if you have questions about anything I've said today, budget stuff or other stuff. Um. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, good question. So, yeah, great question, David. So, David's asking when General Assembly takes place. Is it over the weekend or during the week? It it takes place um, basically from Monday to Friday um, so that pastors can come and not miss church yep sure anyone can go you can't vote unless you're a ordained elder in the church um but you anyone can go sure if you want to come we can talk about that yeah yeah the church doesn't necessarily have money to send you but <laughs> but <laughs> but um yeah let's talk about that david if you're interested i would love to talk about that
Um, the 50th anniversary of our church's formation, as I understand it, was 1973. We started in Irving and moved here, I think, in 76 is what I believe is the, the dates. So, yeah, this is coming up. Yeah. Do you have a question, Alyssa? No, you're not at all. Um, that's not where that is, is reflected is in that $250,000 number of cash. Um, when I look at our, our current financial status, there's $249,000 in other funds approximately. So most of that is about close to $200,000 that we have accumulated over the years that has been uh, lease payments from the school. And we typically use that money, um, and we're not, you know, this is just what we've done in the past, um, not necessarily speaking to what we might do in the future, but um, typically what we've used that money for is we've reserved it for either capital improvements to our building, like when we painted the sanctuary in here, we added um, landscaping. We've been working for a while now and trying to get a sign um, installed. Um, out by the road, um, those kinds of expenses are paid for out of those lease funds we receive from the school. Or if we have a significant um, repair issue that needs to be addressed, um, something that's not ordinary. What's that? Right, the repair, we had damage to our building in February from the storm, right, yeah. Or, or the, yeah, or the improvements we've done to our nursery. That might've been what you meant too, yeah. Right, we, we've totally redone that area back there, the nursery and the office for Rachel and the other, yes, exactly. So when we do things like that, and that's, you know, we've done a lot of that in the past um, seven years, a lot of improvements to our building, and those have all been funded by the lease payments we receive from the school. We receive, I think it's about $50,000 a year uh, from the school in lease payments. And that, currently at least, that money does not go to fund our salaries or anything like that. That's just reserved for those kinds of expenses. All right, Lauren, I'm gonna ask you to close us in prayer. Let's stand and pray, friends.
Thanks, y'all.